0: Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions welcome to the get home safe podcast and your host matt persima
0: hey guys and welcome to another episode of get home safe it is wednesday december 23rd 2020 happy christmas eve eve i don't know if that is a real thing or not but i am gonna make it a thing as we are two days away from the big day december 25th christmas day i know a lot of people celebrate uh, on christmas eve I'm, I'm all for it i think it's great it's kind of stretching out the holiday my favorite holiday and yes one of the most important holidays uh not just in america but in the world so uh merry christmas to all out there uh i know we're a couple days early but all week we have been Wishing uh, good tidings, uh, you know, and all those uh, fancy phrases they use at Christmas time. Uh, it's a little late at night for me here now. So a uh, little tired, little tired indeed, but I'm going to try to keep my cheery self as best as possible here on Christmas Eve, Eve, December 23rd, uh, that you guys will be hearing this podcast. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Hopefully, some of you guys don't have to work on Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, you can really stretch out your celib- celebration, get the, uh, get the eggnog going early. If you know what I mean, uh, guys, a, a great show ahead today, of course, uh, it's Wednesday. And so that means bill Barnes, we're going to see what kind of mood he is in as we are a couple days from, uh, Christmas, see if he is in a festive mood or if he's just, uh, more of his angry self. I don't know. I mean, he survived COVID. You, you got to think that bill has a new lease on life, right? At some point. And if nothing, if all else fails, uh, 2021 is just around the corner. So uh, we'll check in with Bill today and see what he has to say. I hope uh, he definitely delivers uh, for you guys on the final show before Christmas day. Uh, We will have a show on Christmas day because it's Friday and uh, we're going to have a a guest on that you've heard before, but it's been a long time. Uh, We're going to be joined by Tracy McFate who lives in the Las Vegas area now is a huge mentor to me in my officiating journey. Uh, he's a former Glendora guy lived in the area. Uh, and he was affiliated with the Azusa Pacific university football program for a few years outside of a, his officiating uh, career. And we're going to talk going to go into some detail really about what happened at APU. Why, why did APU terminate the football program? And one of the last remaining, uh, uh you know, division two division one double a uh just last remaining college football programs really in uh, southern california that's not you know junior college or d3 so a lot of tradition there we'll talk about that we're also going to just talk about a lot of different football a lot you know why is high school football not playing um some analysis on the nfl uh it's going to be a football show on friday and what a better way to celebrate christmas than to talk some football right um We'll also, I will also have a a few words to say about Christmas. I've said a few already this week, but as you know, I like to ramble and uh, get a few things off my chest and I'll talk a little bit about what Christmas means to me and uh, just some, some of my favorite memories, what I think about at Christmas time and for anyone, um, who hears this podcast uh, today or before Christmas, and you have a few thoughts? Well, shoot them my way. I'm, I'm more than uh, willing to to listen. The interview with Tracy did go pretty long, so it's probably going to be a long show. But I think it's it's good that way in the sense that you can listen to it. At some point over the course of the weekend, because I doubt very many of you are going to spend time on Christmas Day listening to the podcast, but I still want to put it out there for you and wish you all a Merry Christmas on Friday, as well as today and tomorrow. Uh, going to be a fun couple of days. Well, a couple things I thought about, you know, uh, th- the past couple days on my drive home. Um. I always try to think about what are some things I'm going to talk about and usually they just naturally present themselves. And I'm going to talk a lot with Bill today, so you know, you know how those conversations generally go. But I was uh, driving home and you know, I really appreciate my girlfriend Valerie because I'm a huge Christmas guy. I love Christmas. I I I go out of my way to buy gifts for other people and and my mom was very much involved in Christmas and I'll get into maybe more of that on Friday. But that's kind of where it all comes from for me, and I remember as a kid how big of a deal it was um, but maybe I maybe though the that joy or whatever you want to call it maybe that's a strength, but there's also a weakness I have at Christmas time. It's a very, very difficult weakness that I'm sure not many of you are surprised by, but it's something I struggle with every year and have to. Uh, really go around, find my way around this problem every year. Because again, I love Christmas. I love buying gifts. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I just like thinking of friends and uh, coming up with something that I think they will enjoy and maybe not buy themselves. Uh, And it's usually not that expensive. uh, But but there, there is a problem I come across every single Christmas. And, you know, I think the first step to overcoming a problem is to be able to admit it. And I've tried on my own to get through this, to find a way I've tried. I've reached out to other people to help me and maybe assist me with a hands-on approach. But ultimately, you you realize what your strengths are and you realize what your weaknesses are. And maybe it's just me giving up. Maybe it's just me being stubborn. I don't know. But the other night after I got home and Valerie had uh, done a few things for me that, uh, revolving around our gifts, I attempted to do something that I haven't really done in a long time. And there's a reason for it. And guys, I'm telling you right now that my biggest problem at Christmas time is gift wrapping. I I, I just, I cannot do it. I I never want to say can't, but I'm telling you, I can't. And... I was driving home and I was like, okay, I bought a lot of gifts. I said, Hey, Val, babe, I'll do whatever you, Hey, yeah, I'll, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. I'll pick up whatever you need me to pick up, but please wrap the gifts because not only do I um, want someone else to do the gifts for me, but I like them being wrapped kind of a few days before Christmas so that we can kind of see them around the house. To me, that like adds to the joy of Christmas. Right. And again, I go out of control. Sometimes I've purchased a lot of little gifts before for friends. And I used to have to go find uh, the boy scouts or a different little charity, uh, the salvation army, whoever like has these stands where they do free gift wrapping or they take donations. And I got to tell you guys, I would put all kinds of money in the donation jar and bring 20, 30, 40 gifts at times and have them wrapped. And for someone else to do that for me, is like the greatest joy in the world because number one, it looks way better than I could ever do it, and number two, I said it already, I can't do it. I don't have the patience. I, I I I came home the other night. Val had wrapped most of the gifts, but you know, she has a few gifts of hers also that I got her, and I was fortunate. I found a few boxes and a few bags, but there was a gift or two that really couldn't fit in a box, and I you know, I I could forfeit, I could ask someone else to wrap it for me as a 35 year old man. Um, but I said, you know what? It's late at night. I got just enough energy. Let me give it a try. Oh, well I tried. And I, I just about, uh, threw something through the wall because I I just, I do not understand folding the taping, anything of that nature that anyone ever wants me to do. I, I lose my mind. I don't have the patience. I hated origami in, in, in school. Okay, you wanted me to do addition and subtraction and multiplication. We can do math all day. You start having me fold pieces of paper or do some type of art or something like that. I, 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 I don't do it. I'll lose my mind. I will snap. At, at FedEx, I had to do like kind of these, I had to fold these envelopes into bags and stuff and I got lost by patience. I'm much better at it now. Zip ties, the whole thing. I just do not function well in these types of situations. I'm not trying to make excuses. It's just something I have struggled with. Okay. I am not Superman, but you know, even he had kryptonite. So if you want to basically waterboard me, uh, that's basically, that would be having me wrap a gift for Christmas or birthday, whatever. I do not wrap. I've tried Maybe I haven't tried hard enough. Maybe I just need to follow steps. I pulled up a YouTube video in the middle of the night. I tried to watch that and to follow a step or two. Again, almost threw my phone through the the wall. I I can't do it. I won't do it. I I refuse to do it. It is the one part of Christmas that I am firmly against. I will pay ungodly amounts of money for other people to wrap my gifts. So if you're out there and you would like um, to make some money at Christmas time, by all means, contact me. Uh, we can negotiate a contract, but I do not wrap gifts. I'll put them in bags. I'll put bows on boxes. I'll put stickers, but I do not wrap. I've tried it multiple times. It upsets me. It gets me in a grinchy mood. And I don't want that because I love Christmas. I love seeing presents. I love seeing gifts. I just hate wrapping them. So uh, I lost my cool. Very quickly, and I decided there's a reason I don't do this. I don't try to wrap, so I try to have bags. I try to yeah, anyway. Enough, enough of that. But we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses, and that's what kind of got me thinking about on the way home during Christmas time, right? And just as we go into a new year here soon, I think a big part of life is is embracing uh, your you looking inward at your strengths, but also understanding that you do have weaknesses. Now you can't always just forfeit, you know, and just say, Oh, I'm bad at this. You know, unless it's me with gift wrapping, then, then I'm allowing it, but we can't always do that. I know there's other areas of my life that I struggle in and I have to constantly apply pressure on myself in those areas, right? Just to, to elevate your weakness a little bit. I think rolling with your strengths and kind of dragging along your weaknesses is kind of what we all kind of do without really even knowing it. So uh, if, if you're not a good chef, well, you got you to gotta learn a meal or two, right, fellas? Because the ladies want to see you throw together something every now and then, right? I mean, if you're not the most handy guy on the planet, which again, I am not, I'm not even gift wrapping. Now I'm talking about like construction and, and daily things around the house, like hanging pictures and stuff. Val knows what she's getting into. Okay, there's other strengths I have, but these like, I don't know, some of the manly duties and, and I'm all about, you know, gender roles and this and that. And, uh, I fall short of some of those. I really do. I'm much better at like, uh, laundry and doing the dishes. I mean, I'm not perfect at those either, but, uh, I think I'm a little better at those than uh, some of the things that, uh, you know, man's supposed to do around the house. So I have to elevate myself a little bit as well. Uh, anyway, these are just some things I thought about on the drive home. And again, when I got home late at night thinking I could, uh, learn how to wrap a gift in a matter of minutes when I've dreaded it uh, for years. And I threw most of Val's gifts into boxes and bags and they're out on the mantle and they look nice and everything. But uh, I still got to get one gift wrapped. It's a little bigger present and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do guys. So stay tuned, stay tuned for our Christmas day episode because uh, I'm I'm sure I'll have plenty more to tell you. But uh, think about that. Just embrace your, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, and and try to to uh, go about your life by embracing your strengths and trying to pick up some weaknesses here and there, or reaching out for help. I know that for me, I need that all the time. I talk to all kinds of friends about uh, some of these things. Unfortunately, I don't have enough friends that will wrap gifts for me, but I'm working on it. So, anyway, guys, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. In all seriousness, uh, it's always fun to get on here and ramble. Sometimes I'm just like, I need to just say what's on my mind right now, (laughs) because I think it's fresh. It's sincere. And I think you guys, well, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to hear it uh, here from me sometimes here on the get home safe podcast. Well, that's enough out of me. You guys tune in on Wednesdays to hear from Bill Barnes. So let's get right to it. Uh, As we head into the Christmas season, let's check in with our dear good friend, Mr. Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday Weigh In. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, I'm joined once again by Bill Barnes on our weekly Wednesday weigh-in episode. We are recording on Tuesday. Bill Barnes, welcome back. And you know what, Bill? You are the final episode before Christmas for our listeners. So I hope you're in a good mood today.
1: Well, it's part and parcel with the year 2020. You know, it's a shitty present for everybody. Uh, You know, I wish I could do better, but uh, this is it. I'm your Christmas present. You know, it's like a, it's like a big lump of coal in a stocking.
0: Oh, come on, Bill. It's the best I can do. No, you can do much better. You can do much better. Bill, I, I did know, I have noticed your place. Uh, it's not as twinkly or I don't see as many like decorations as say the year 2016, when you had uh, a young man uh, for a roommate who was really into Christmas. Not much decorations going on in your house, man. What's going on?
1: Uh, Zero. <clears throat> Zero, zero, zero,
2: oh.
1: zero. Um, this year, I mean, Christmas is for kids, or for, for adolescent youths like yourself, <laughs> who are staying with me, put lights up, unbeknownst to me, I came home, I thought I was in a Tijuana beer bar, <laughs> all that was, all that was missing was about, were some short, fat Mexican broads with, uh, with without teeth that, that couldn't speak English,
0: Oh man, come on. That was one of my best uh that was some of my best work just throwing lights everywhere. Every, every it's, yeah. it it led you led you uh up to you know, you could there were lights everywhere. You could find your way to your uh, your bedroom. You know, I, I
1: didn't I didn't much get in the mood for Christmas, but I was sure ready for a donkey show.
0: Oh geez. Bill. Bill. <laughs> it's almost Christmas. Come on. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh well, you know, I, this got me thinking the other day, Bill, you know, okay, so it's Christmas time, maybe a lot of people are depressed. And, uh, you know, sometimes people celebrate, like drink, they go out drinking, or, or they drink amongst friends, some people drink to be happy. I think there's been a lot of people, unfortunately, drinking in sadness. And like, do you find yourself, you know, reasons to drink will say I mean, some people drink for joy, some people drink just to socialize. Uh, you see some poor people who are just they got nothing better to do i mean when bill barnes has a cocktail are you looking to feel better to get in the festive spirit or just uh getting by with the weekly grind of life
1: well i don't know pretty much getting by um you know (laughs) i very rarely if ever drink during the day i'm not a day drinker but i have a couple of cocktails in the evening to kind of uh you know, settle down and, and get ready for a, a peaceful night's sleep to where I can, you know, hit the pillow and not have to lay there and,
0: <clears throat>
1: and think, think, think too much about anything and, and <laughs> cough uncontrollably like I just did.
0: Oh, man. Um,
1: you know, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't really, I, yeah, I just have a couple to relax. So I just let my mind soothe a little bit.
0: You You told me this not too long ago. You were like, yeah, when you were working the night shift you would, I mean, you you guys would get off at, you know, whatever time in the morning and your time would be backwards, right? Like you guys, I'm sure like healthcare workers and everything, you get off of work at six or seven in the morning. It's, it's uh, you find maybe a bar or something. Did you ever do that back when you were working?
1: Oh yeah. We would get off of uh, work 8am and we'd go to someone's house and drink a little bit and, you know, noon, well, uh, let's go three o'clock. That's eh, really time to go. <laughs> <laughs> back you know, in your 5, 5 p.m. I'm going home and, and uh, get in bed and sleep till about 930. thirty. Cause you got to be back at work. You know, those, I got to tell a funny story. Um,
2: okay.
1: When I was uh, a policeman, it's about 1990, 91. I was working. Uh, I was one of the senior. I was the senior guy on the uh, overnight shift, and <clears throat> it was a. Th- it was. We got off on a Thursday on a Friday morning, and someone was on getting out of uh, training, so we had to get out a training party for him. And this part, I mean, there was <clears throat> everybody on the watch was there. Everybody, even the ones <clears throat> that didn't drink much. I mean, the sergeant. Everybody, we were there, and we got absolutely bombed and <laughs> we all probably got to bed probably four five six in the afternoon we had to be back at work at 10 p.m well <clears throat> half the shift called in sick i tried to call in sick i was denied they said no we know what you guys did you're coming in <laughs> hungover or not you're coming in uh myself uh the late johnny romo Um, a couple other guys. So there was four of us. They had to call people in the first call out of the shoot. First call of the night was a, uh, a rollover crash involving a, a, unfortunately it was a fatal accident on the Victoria bridge in Riverside. And it was just a gnarly mess. So the, the swing shift guys were busy. The sergeant, the traffic sergeant had the, the, um, uh, pastor the department pastor riding with him that night and they got to the scene and they did their prayer for the deceased and you know this that and the other so myself johnny romo a couple other guys you know they, they gave us the call i had to handle it you know because the traffic guys were going home and i had traffic experience so it was i was gonna have to investigate this thing so we all roll out there we get to the scene and it's about a six seven mile run from the station of course, we're rolling hot with, you know, light siren all that shit. By the time we get there, myself, Johnny Romo, and two other guys, I can't I think I can't remember their name. I don't know who they were. We were so motion sickness and we were so sick to our stomachs from the, the code three run. The first thing we did before we did anything is we walked over, we saw the we saw the rack. First thing we did, we walked over to the side of the bridge and all four of us simultaneously started regurgitating. We started throwing up and the traffic sergeant, God bless him, knew exactly what the deal was. Cause word got out that we had a party and that all, we were all hung over and we were coming in anyway. He's kind of chuckling. The pastor says to the sergeant, to the sergeant, it's good to see that even officers, re- you know, veteran officers can become absolutely grief stricken at the time of a, of a, of a, of a, a, a fatal situation he thought we were throwing up because we were grief stricken from the accident. He had no idea that we were blotto, uh, hung over from the, uh, the the day the day drinking the day before. And the sergeant, you know, just shook his head. And he came over to me later and he goes, "You're going straight to hell." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Undoubtedly." I go, "What did I do now?" And he told me what the what the padre said. And I just started, I started laughing my ass off. I thought that was one of the most funniest things in the world that he would think that, <clears throat> you know, that we were we were stricken from the accident scene when we, when we had obviously seen a lot worse in the, in the, you know, that four of us simultaneously would be, you know, grief stricken and, and sick to our stomachs at this situation. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. So anyway. Oh, that's a good story. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Padre. You guys have seen way worse yeah. than that, uh, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, well, cheers to the, to that party. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> stuff. Oh man. Well, Bill, how many Christmases have you spent, uh, you know, in your police uniform or uh, I mean, when you rose to the ranks, uh, I'm sure you weren't working on Christmas day as much, but, but.
2: Oh,
1: I used to, I would volunteer to work on Christmas.
0: For the double time or what?
1: Oh, absolutely. I would volunteer to work and a, you know, when i was single i didn't have you know there was no reason for me to 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 stay home on christmas christ i'd have a i would have probably had a bottle of jack daniels in one hand and a gun in the other so (laughs) i i decided you know i'm gonna put myself to some 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 use and just work so i would i would i would uh, trade with a family guy trade shifts with him and i just work um and then when i you know when i did have a family Sometimes it was you know if the in-laws were coming over I couldn't stand them so hell I'd volunteer to work I'd get me out of the that'd, that'd get me out of a family uh, situation so nice you know <clears throat> that was always you know I always used it to my uh, advantage and besides that <clears throat> Christmas I mean nothing's going on <clears throat> and you can usually just work and just sit at home all day yeah it paid for you know you know that's your Christmas present thank you city of Riverside for paying me double time to sit home on my ass and watch the kids open presents. It was great.
0: (laughs) Outstanding. Did you ever have a Christmas, maybe it wasn't Christmas day, but a a Christmas situation when you were uh, out that you showed up to a family event, maybe not yours, but uh, you know, a a call or anything that that stands out from maybe patrolling or whatever during Christmas time, Uh, any stories like that?
1: um yeah we had a guy he's a captain now and I don't know why he doesn't retire anyway he I I won't mention his name because he's still working but he was one of these guys that always was on I mean he always wanted to go out and fuck somebody's day up even on Christmas so he made a traffic stop one day it was like Christmas about oh three three o'clock in the afternoon and so I was his backup and he found a bunch of dope guns this that you know just a big bag of shit you know and that first of all you know i'm sitting in my bathrobe at home and he calls for a backup so i gotta get up get dressed put my belt on drive like a maniac down to where he's at and back him up and you know it's like jesus christ man it's christmas be like the rest of us go sit on your ass and do nothing <laughs> and he's got you know three people you know out of the car and, and then and just it turned out to be so i got like you know, six hours of overtime out of it because I had to help him book people and process the the, the narcotic. I mean, it was a good pinch. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I wish it was done either on the 26th or the 27th of December, not the 25th. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Wow. That's one thing that comes to mind.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So yeah, when you guys, like you said, you you'd be at home, you were, you were on, you were technically supposed to be out in your uh, police car but (laughs) you would be at home on your couch much like you are right now. Just very much.
1: Exactly. Like I am right now.
0: (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Our, uh, yeah. Riverside's finest. Good stuff. Ah, well, Bill, I hope you have a good Christmas. I mean, I know you got gifts for Scarlet, right? Your granddaughter. I mean, that's gotta be fun for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll just, take him over in a bag and say hey i saw santa at the street corner yeah and these aren't these aren't wrapped because he didn't have a chance to but here you go you know.
0: <laughs> bill I, I oh man let me tell you i you know how much i love christmas and everything you I, you, you and and jerry aldini are christmas fanatics yes you what's, guys love christmas for some reason for some reason come on what's not to like about it it's a fun time of year it's uh, presents, you shop for other people. There's like always a reason. Hey, let's get together and have a cocktail. Like, there's just happy times. Come on, Bill. Well, not
1: this year because you're going to be violating the
0: governor's order oh. if you get together with anybody. Okay? Oh, how horrible. Oh, you know? yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, Aldini. Yeah, I love him. God bless him. um Well, uh oh, so Bill, yeah, presents and this and that. And thank God I have a lovely girlfriend, Valerie, who will wrap presents for me because I got home last night she had wrapped a bunch of presents. There was a few, I was trying to uh, well, few that were for her. So she can't wrap them. I put a few in boxes and bags, but I tried to wrap kind of the the bigger box and I about lost my mind. I have no patience for wrapping. So uh, you know, you know what, you know
1: what, you know what, you know what the, the, okay. There's a thing called a gift bag. Yes. They come in very, even if, even if it's a grocery bag, put a bow on it. It's, you know, people don't, People don't aren't into the gifts for the fucking wrapping, man.
0: I, I know, I know.
1: Just put it in a box. Just put it in a bag. Well, or, or, a- or cover it with a blanket.
0: a <laughs> blanket, I like Under it. Under the tree. I have a, okay. It's a cardboard box right now. I should just put a bow on it. Just put a bow on it. Yeah. Pull, I mean... Pull you know, a little on your drink. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like that, Bill. Yeah, your granddaughter will always know uh, which gifts are yours because... <laughs> They won't be wrapped. No, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Uh, well, well, Bill, I hope you have a good Christmas here uh, coming up. Um, we have some sports to talk about. First of all, uh, to start the wonderful week of Christmas, my Los Angeles Rams lost to the Owen 13 jets. I don't know if you've heard about it yet, uh, but I was extremely pissed off on Sunday. Uh, I try not to get too high or low with the uh, Rams losses or wins, but, I always do. So did you have a chance to see that pitiful performance on Sunday? I watched, I watched a
1: a little bit of it. Um, um, I I used to do it on the radio a little bit. And let me tell you something. Um, The Rams are only as good as Jared Goff and he was dog shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're only as good as their quarterback. Um, People are going to blame McVeigh. Well, McVeigh had nothing to do with it. He doesn't go out there. He doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't catch the ball. He doesn't make blocks. He doesn't miss tackles. It's the players, and they just played like shit. Now, again, I nothing surprises me in this year because a there's you can't really get motivated with with there's no crowds. Yeah, it's like a it's like a control it's like a scrimmage. You know, <laughs> they don't hear. I don't believe the players. Hear the piped-in uh, fan noise, like the TV. Do they? I
0: uh, not. I don't think so. No.
1: Okay. They, so it's, it's, a, it's a very strange. You know, all they do, all, all 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 the players do, is hear each other calling each other. Like, you know, hey, motherfucker, quit holding. You know, I think that's <laughs> about all they they really hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I'm not sure if that plays into it. I'm not sure if you know this just kind of melancholy approach to the game plays into. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, because I mean, they're not- they're good one week and they're horseshit the next. Yeah,
0: yeah, they beat they they go to Tampa Bay and beat them. They they beat Seattle. I mean, they've had some good I wins, mean, and then you lose to the Jets at home. Come on, they're 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 playing this
1: year is is like. 60 per 70 percent of the girlfriends I've had in my life fucking bipolar as hell <laughs> so you know it, it's just the way it is I mean it, you're up one day you go to bed with Marilyn Monroe and you're wake, make, wake, waking up with Marilyn Manson you know it's that's the Los Angeles Rams this year
0: yeah it's a, it's unfortunate and you know what I, I'll say this but it's like this you talk about the elements or whatever it's like that way for all teams and and an Owen 13 football team, I God bless them because I don't know how they found the motivation to prepare all week and show up and play on Sunday. I sure wouldn't. I'd be like, all right screw this season I'm, I'm over this let's, let's. <clears throat> yeah they sure didn't phone it in they came to, they came to play a little bit yeah and of course the
1: Rams kind of just they, you know when the Rams offense finally got geared up their defense quit.
0: Yeah, I know I know. I mean, you, you, I do look at, I love McVay. I, I love Goff. I, I love the team. People are hard on McVay and yes, everything ultimately falls on him, but you make a good point about coaches. Like as far as decision-making, I think that's where coaches deserve to be criticized going forward on fourth down or going for, you know, going for two when they shouldn't. But as far as the play, I mean, when Jared Goff throws the ball right to a New York jet, that is not Sean McVay's fault. When the, when the Rams commit a holding penalty uh, blatantly, okay, that could be McVay. But the players are the ones doing these acts. So I think strategy and in-game decisions are what fall on coaches, not necessarily the play, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a no-brainer there. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I don't know – I don't think Goff's a great pocket quarterback at all. He need, To be effective, he's got to roll out. And then, therefore, you're you're eliminating half the field because I certainly don't think he has a strong enough arm to to do a you know to throw the ball across his body and and to the other side of the field. So that limits it. And then when you drop back, you know he he gets he gets jelly legged like like Jim Chrissy Everett used to with the Rams. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe a stronger running game to mix it up. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I just think consistent play. I mean, I see some of the play calls too, like. Empty formations and shotgun. I'm like, dude, that is not Goff's thing. You need to run the ball. You need play action. And just overall, the team played bad. I'm hoping that it motivates them in moving forward because they have a real test this weekend going to Seattle. And I know it's not the same Seattle with, you know, the 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 no crowd and everything, but it's pretty much the division championship. And it's deciding whether you're going to play a home game in the playoffs or travel, even if it is to the NFC East. So that should be a good game this Sunday, shouldn't it?
1: Well, you know what? The way they've been, they're going to be world beaters. They'll beat them forty to nothing. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll, they'll exactly the most inconsistent, consistent inconsistent team in, in the uh, entire NFL. Uh, well, well, Bill, we do have to mention someone, a um, uh, former Los Angeles Ram, and just uh, he was the first football player I ever met. My dad used to take me down to Rams camp, and uh, he was uh, the booster club, and go to Rams practices. Kevin Green, the Hall of Famer, passed away yesterday um, on on Monday, 58 years young. I I, I don't know the cause yet, uh, but man, one of the best defensive players of all time and started his career with the Rams. He was involved in the military. He was a coach in the NFL, Uh, just gone far too young. I mean, do you remember watching Kevin Green play? football? Yes, I do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was um, he was a complete player. Defensively, linebacker, um, he was outstanding. I remember him very well, and I remember him. You know, he was he had a, a real passion for the game. Um, I remember him as a coach, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what the hell happened to him where he would pass at such an early age. I don't know. I mean, um, and th- that has not been disclosed yet, from what mm-hmm. I understand.
0: Yeah, same here. I-, I just could not believe when I saw it, and. It's like, man, he was young. And then, yeah, sure enough in his fifties. I mean, that's just, uh, I, I remember meeting him. I was, a, I was like six or seven years old probably. And my dad, we were taking us around to players and all the veterans would try to like get out of that stuff. Right. They, they'd send the rookies out to talk to the fans and the veterans would try to get out of there. And Kevin green, he was wearing a tank top with a tie picture that he had a tank top on and you know muscles bulging and everything and he's wearing a tie so and then the long hair and everything or maybe not yet but anyway i'll never forget that someone must have told him hey you got to wear a tie and he was wearing it with a tank top it was it was hilarious i got to meet the great kevin green when i was a young kid and uh yes rest in peace sir gone far too young uh bill
1: there's Uh, i agree i agree Uh, anybody younger than
0: me anybody younger than you yeah (laughs) yeah Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Well, Bill, you know, analytics has ruined baseball, in my opinion. Um, Here's something we're starting to see this creep into football and there is something going on. Uh, I don't know if you've seen much of this. I just do not understand it. Analytics are having teams who are down 14 points late in the game. They're having them, if they score a touchdown, go for two. Mm-hmm. go for two on their first touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I guess the theory is the percentages are you're, you're not going to miss two, two point conversions. You're going to get one of them. And so the theory is if you get one of them, uh, if you get the first one early, well, then you're going to win the game with an extra point, but I've seen teams do this and miss the first two point conversion. And now they're chasing eight. So i I, I can't stand it. I hate analytics. I don't know why it's creeping into sports the way it, it is. What are your thoughts on analytics in general with baseball and now football?
1: Well, analytics destroyed the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers in the year 2017 and 18 when they <laughs> were in the world series. Okay. That, that, that should be proof right there that um, you should, you know, shit can it this year. Uh, if they had gone with the analytics, Uh, We would not have seen Mr. Varus close out game seven or game six like he did. You would have gone back to your old reliable guy who throws straight fastballs right down the middle, and there would have been trouble. So that should be proof enough right there that analytics are dog shit. Mm -hmm. Just look at the Dodgers 17 and 18 when you had – a uh, number cruncher from the press box calling Dave Roberts shots. Instead of letting Dave Roberts be the manager, he, you know, from what I understand, Roberts has to go with what he goes with, what he's being told. However, he can override. If he overrides it and it blows up, then it's his ass. So any good employee, if my boss calls me and says, Hey, I want you to pick up this box and put it there. And I'm, and I think, well, it looks better over here. I put it there. And it gets no. Well, guess who's fucking out of a job? Me. (laughs) Yep. So I don't blame I don't blame Dave Roberts for doing what he's told. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got a family to feed. But to me, right there, that is proof enough that analytics are dog shit.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I just don't understand why why these guys with computers why they think they know more about uh, the game than the game itself. And and in football, Bill, can you imagine when you were coaching if you were down fourteen? you guys scored a touchdown and you told your head coach, Hey, let's go for two here. Let's go for two. Let's go for two to make it a six point game. Can, can you imagine the reaction you would have got from the head coach?
1: Um, No, I can't. It would have been completely. Uh, it would have been an explosion of, of uh, mass of, 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 mass proportions. No, I would <laughs> never have said something like that.
0: I, I don't understand it, man. I, I just do not. I, I don't get it. And uh, I, I thought, you know, Hey, let's see what Bill Barnes has to say about some of these analytics. Cause I know you're such a fan of it. Uh, you just, don't we just want to see the game just played? I mean, let's roll a ball. Sometimes you just got to roll a ball out there and see what happens. Don't you? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: you still gotta, you know, you still gotta get up on the, you still gotta get up on the rubber, get your sign and throw the ball. Yeah. Okay. And pitch it. And from where, from where it goes, it, you know, you can't, anal, you can't be, a, you can't throw analytics into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. Um, well, well, Bill, let's talk a little college football. Um, you know, I don't know how much of it you have watched um, USC beat UCLA in a pretty good game uh, a couple weeks ago, and then turn right around and lost to not the best team in the Northern division of the conference, but the second, uh best team. And Oregon, they showed up, beat SC in their own house, and uh took down the mighty Trojans who were five and zero. now are five and one. And I think it was a pitiful performance for them in the Pac 12 championship game. And Bill, to make things worse, they then declined to go to a bowl game. Now well, maybe here, here's I'm what I, here.
1: Here's how I equate this year's college football season, especially in the Pac 12. Okay. Okay. This is glorified intramurals, okay? <laughs> and the reason I say that is because um, <clears throat> the chemical engineering team from uh, across campus, um, you know, they've got an intramural flag team. And, oh, they can't play this week because they have finals. Well, that's like, you know, Washington. Oh, they can't play this week because there's one guy with COVID and we got to shit, shit can the whole fucking team. All right. So it's like, there wasn't a, a set schedule. It was like catch is catch can. So it was like, okay, the the um, the uh, the math team from, uh, you know, Capify, you know, gooey gooey can't play because one of their guys' uh, family's coming over and he can't get away. So we're going to have to cancel this week's uh, intramural game. You know, whether it's, I mean, it's just been a joke. It's just been a joke the way they've, played i mean i i was I, I was looking at the tv the other night arizona state was playing somebody arizona state's record for the whole season in december was like one and two yeah it was their fourth fucking game of the year i'd be so pissed if i'm a senior on that team and i'm looking to get drafted and i've had i've had four games to show my shit are you kidding
0: me ridiculous is ridiculous. Are, are, are you kidding me? It, I don't. I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand it. Uh, Bill, if you could, I know it's hard, but tell me about. Talk to me about USC. Tell me. I mean, th- their whole declining a bull thing isn't that ridiculous?
1: Um, I think that came from their 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 uh, people above. Um, you know, above the coaching, even the AD level, I think that probably came from the administration of uh, the University of spoiled children. I don't think it was something in the in the athletic department. That decision was made by maybe the 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 president of the college, of the university. I certainly don't think the uh, alumni agree with the decision. Probably the players don't agree with the decision. The coaches, the staff, they're in disagreement with it. Um, I firmly, firmly believe that um, that if it was any other year, obviously, other than this year with COVID rampant throughout the country and throughout the world, um, that would have been obviously a different situation. Um, I don't think they want to keep practicing. They don't want to keep exposing their, their student athletes to each other. They just want the season to fucking end. And if somebody catches it, it's not on their watch. They don't want to put these kids on an airplane, you know, send them to wherever El Paso, Texas to go out and, and, and mix with the folks in those cities and catch and just, it's just too much liability. And they figure, you know what, this is a good time just to shut it down and be done. So, um, that to me is why they probably declined the bid. Now, here's my big question. My big question is this, you're going to have two playoff games in early January to try to decide, um, the national championship of college football. What if one of those teams is stricken with the virus? Are they going to a forfeit the game? Are is the NCAA going to dig down and and take the number five team somewhere? Or are they, the, the team that is stricken, are they just going to put their, are they going to put their guys in? Are they going to put their guys in um, some type of, quarantine and they're going to dress up the band to uh take their places on the field
0: yeah i, I hear you there bill i hear you there sorry i had to step away for a second yeah. the doorbell. Well, i I, co- I i saw that and i covered
1: i covered the usc uh, debacle at nausea oh good and my my question was the four teams that are left in the in this uh joke of an ncaa playoff this year what if one of these teams or two of these teams for that matter are stricken with COVID. Are they just going to cancel? Are they going to breach down and take the five and six team to replace them? Are they going to just play with who they have? Are they going to dress up band members to
0: take the place of the football? How are they going to handle What are they going to do? I, I, I don't know. I mean, you've seen it so many cancellations. Uh, they they got to have contingency plans. If I, I think the teams are going to travel as quickly as possible to the destinations, get there so that, if there are any issues, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they wait until the last minute. They keep them well, in a, I think in a they bubble. wait
1: until the last minute because the bubble doesn't work with college programs because, A, that's a lot of money. That's yeah. a big, that's an expensive fucking bubble. And, B, I don't think you can control 18 to 21-year-olds to stay in a room like that. Uh, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're either going to import somebody in or they're going to sneak out.
0: Well, one of the things, you know, like USC not going to a bowl game. I heard a lot of people uh, talk about this. Some, some of the reasons, like, I, I hear these excuses about how, well, the college athletes, they haven't seen anyone in a long time. You know, they have to eat Thanksgiving dinner by themselves and blah, 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 blah. Bill, I understand their kids and everything, and, and they're going to have plenty more Christmases, plenty more opportunities. You're not going to have many times to opportunities to play football to uh and for a lot of these kids like you were saying the guys who only have a few games on film they, they want to get some some film on them they, and they want to they want to go to a bowl game they want to well, play
1: these games like like i said before i think these this these decisions were made not by the athletic program this decision was made by the college president and the board of trustees to just take the easy way out not put these kids at any further risk of of developing uh, any type of viruses they just want to shut things down take the easy way shut the door and be done with it
0: yeah i guess i guess you're right there i mean what's funny is you know you look at programs like usc who are allegedly you know one of the the the, the great programs in uh they are no
1: longer a great program they, they are
0: no longer i mean bill at one time you were a uh pretty studly buff guy i mean you're still up there but maybe not quite as much i mean everyone loses its uh flare a little bit right i mean usc to me they might as well change their team colors and their and their logos and everything because they are not the usc of old
1: no they're not they're not at all um and that is because the general pussification of sports in the united states of america for that matter yeah the entire except for the alabamas and those teams you know they still have a stronghold down there in the south and but Especially on the West Coast. Show me a West Coast team that is that is truly um that can truly compete with some of the others.
0: None. I don't see any. Well, it starts with caring. It starts with caring enough. I mean, USC, okay. USCO was always stood out as the the team that cared more and you know, got better athletes and this and that on the West Coast. Now they're just like every other Pac 12 team. Show me a difference between USC and Washington State. Show me a difference. I don't see one. The administrations are, are soft. They don't care about sports and they're they're just going to do things to get by. They look, these, these universities. Now they look at college football, just like, uh, to badminton, since it's one of your favorite sports, uh, badminton or, uh, you know, debate team or whatever. They don't look at it like the million dollar, billion dollar industry that it is. No, 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 no. Sports, sports have become
1: just another department. Yeah. Just Just another another department,
0: department. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's
1: like when 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 I had a I had a lieutenant at the department and and we had a chief that was an asshole, and he came up to me one time. The lieutenant and he goes, look, he goes, Bill, he goes, this chief he doesn't give a flying fuck about you. He goes, you're just a he goes, you're just an employee number. He goes, he doesn't know you any more than he knows some records clerk filing fucking police reports in a light blue shirt down in the office. He goes, it's all about. Perception—it's mm-hmm. all about image. He doesn't just—you know—he does not care. No. So college administrations, especially—and I don't mean to bag on females—but you get a female college president who came from uh, Yale University. Do you think she's going to give one flying fuck about the football program?
0: No, I don't. I—I I think in general there's exceptions, uh, but I don't—I don't think in general they will. No, no. Or if you get a, a
1: a a guy from Dartmouth, a guy from from you know uh, Lewis and Clark University, he might <laughs> because that's a sports program up there, the mighty Lewis and Clark. You know they they've probably got years year in year out one of the best baseball programs. Even though the division, even though they're NAIA, you know those they they compete up
0: there. They don't fuck around. They're the only game in town. Yeah, yeah. No, you're so right. That's the difference. Um, yeah, you know, you are a badge number. And, uh, you know, I, I understand the whole work ID number now, uh, what, what all that means. Yeah, it's, you're just, you're almost not a person, even you're just like, Oh, we don't care about these people. And, and I just don't think the USC administration, they, they, that's the thing, much like the, the, the government preaches safety. The USC, same thing. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about their players even. They can say all they want. Oh, this is about our players. But no, you have run that program into mediocrity. And it starts at the top. It starts at the top. Leadership always trickles down and makes things, uh, poor leadership that is, makes things, uh, makes things worse, I think. So. Money,
1: money has become the major motivating factor in all of uh, society now. Yeah. The money talks. And, you know, if, if you were to ask even some of these owners, man, in, in pro sports, Hey, would you want to, do you want a winning season? Or do you want to make three times as much what you're making now and win 20% of your games? I guarantee you they're going to sell out for the 20% and, 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 and walk away with, with money in their pocket, big time mm-hmm. money. The oh, greed yeah. is, is incredible.
0: Yeah. It's, it's never enough. And, and that's my point with a lot of these like restrictions or just anytime you give an inch, it's never enough. There's always going to be some other new cause or whatever. And yeah, some of these billion dollar industries, they want more money because that's what has motivated them and fueled them to where they're at now.
1: It's like, you know, it's like they're, they're, it's like they're, they're whatever they're, 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 um, uh, whatever in their wheelhouse. I mean, I tell Debbie, I said, do not bring another fucking Oreo cookie in this house. If you do, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to go batshit fucking crazy. Well, of course she does. And I can't stay away from them. All right. I bust into the bag and eat about 12 at a time. And I scream at her for it. (laughs) It's her fault. She brought them in. Yeah. And I tell her, I go, you know what? I go, you bring another bag of Oreo cookies in this house. You you and your Oreo cookies are going to be out on your ass. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm gonna kick you out. <laughs> and of course, I don't. I eat the cookies and I let her stay. But still, <laughs> I am a sucker for Oreo, just like these owners are suckers for money. You know, yeah. they'll take money over a victory, you know. And wow, Bill, yeah, it, Bill, it I had is- no
0: idea Oreo cookies were like. You're, you're like your you're big thing like so you go Oreo is my,
1: it is my fucking kryptonite dude
0: really so Oreo cookie over other types of cookies other desserts I mean it's Christmas time we could talk about this stuff come on and I don't care what the flavor is it can have the red filling in it the Whoa. lemon
1: the vanilla mint it doesn't I don't give a shit which it is I could eat I'll, I could eat a I can eat a bag of those at a time
0: okay <laughs> well, my po- you know who who the hell eats one cookie You know what I mean? What kind of sick person eats one cookie? Not me. Yeah. Not me. One cookie. Get out of here with that. Uh, Yeah. Bill, have you ever had those like Oreo cookies that are like wrap, uh, not wrapped, but like they have the outer, outside the cookie itself is like the white frosting type of thing. They're like, I don't know, stuffed Oreo or something maybe. No, I have not. Dude, I got to get you those. I got to get you those. Those will go so fast. Yeah. no. No, you don't. No, you don't.
1: See, I don't buy them. When I go to the store, I won't buy them. Cause I know I'll have the fucking things eaten before I get home, okay? <laughs> but these goddamn Oreos come in; they're in my pantry, and I bust into them like a freaking, you know, rat in a tin shit house. I go crazy.
0: Oh man, uh, dude, do, do, just just straight hold. Do you dunk them? I mean, do you separate? No, I just eat them. I just it's fucking tricky. just yeah. I go on a feeding frenzy with them. Oh, as quick as you can, huh? Beautiful. Yeah. Oh man, that is. That is outstanding. What is it about the Oreo cookie? The, I mean, just the texture, just, it, it's just, it's just Bill Barnes, huh?
1: I don't know. What is it about, uh, you know, anything you, you like, you like, you like <laughs> it, you know, it's it's my kryptonite. What can I say?
0: Oh man, I, I foresee a listener sending you a few bags in the mail, Bill. I could see it happening. I'm not requesting anything from anybody. I'm just saying I could see you get some fan mail.
1: No, well, I don't, Please. You're you do not because uh I don't need any more. All right. my Man. my yeah, trust me.
0: I Oreo don't. Oreo cookies and Jack Daniels. Does that pretty much sum up your life, Bill? Um, I could pretty much
1: live on that. <laughs> if need to be. If 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 uh if this pandemic gets any worse, you know, I'll be the only dumb son of a bitch in line with uh with uh eight eight bottles of jack and, and a and a and a and a bot and a whole shipping box of uh, Oreo cookies. <laughs> You know, oh. and I'll, I'll see you and i'll see you when the vaccine take kicks in
0: you yeah. know? <laughs> oh that's good stuff well, well bill what uh what if okay i know you're not probably even celebrating that much but if you got to have a nice christmas deal uh dinner christmas meal what would be something you would look forward to uh i know christmas thanksgiving is turkey but if you had a christmas make, meal
1: look i make i make no decisions on food no i don't <laughs> i don't give a shit if it's a if it's if it's, a, if it's a bowl of rice, Krispies, or filet mignon, it makes no difference to me. It makes no difference. As long as it comes no. to you. Yes. Yes. I, I just, you know, whatever you put in front of my face, I'll consume.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. 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 Well, Bill, this year, 2020. September,
1: you know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. It's just another day.
0: No, it isn't, Bill. Come oh, on. Boy. Come on, meat
1: it's just another day
0: no it's yes not.
1: there's history yeah. yes you know uh you know that's when you know I, and i'll get my i'll get my religious facts fucked up here so i'm not even gonna <laughs> go forward with it all right
0: the birth of our lord bill
1: yes 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 <laughs> yes
0: okay well okay let me ask you this okay since you're kind of uh uh, a moderate on Christmas, we'll say. I don't think you're moderate. I don't think moderate. you're. Yeah, I, I think you're moderate because I think deep down you got that you got the Christmas spirit, Bill. What do you make on this attack on Christmas that, that has kind of happened over the years? I mean, you could say Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Halloween, Happy Fourth of July, but by God, you say Merry Christmas to someone and it's like uh, it's like worse than the than the coronavirus. I mean. Now it's a COVID Christmas, but happy holidays! Really? Why? Why? I, I gotta guarantee, I guarantee most people you know celebrate Christmas, right? Yes. And and probably most of them aren't very religious, right? Like myself. Yes. Yeah. So you could still call the thing Christmas. It's. I mean, you can call it Happy
1: Santa Day. You can have, call it anything you want. Okay. Now, do I get mad at somebody who says happy holidays? No, but I do draw a line when someone says, I'm not going to wish you Merry Christmas because that is uh, <clears throat> socially or morally irresponsible. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say fuck you, Merry yeah. Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer I'm looking for, Bill. Okay, well, see? Well,
1: you, okay, you just got it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, I, This, I don't want to offend anyone attitude we have, Is take away Christmas from it? Like it's just ridiculous. Like, oh well. uh... I don't want to offend anyone.
1: How about this, there, uh, 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 Craven? Go get a fucking job. (laughs) You don't want to offend me. Get a job, and you know, quit adding to the national debt with your lazy bullshit. All right, you're 35 years old. Move out from your from your mother's breasts, and go out and fucking work. Okay. How's, how about that? If you want to, if you want to, you know, uh, give a present to society, do that. You lazy fuck, get off your dead ass and quit letting your parents raise you and get out there and do something.
0: I love it, Bill. I love the energy. There you go. That should be on everyone's Christmas card. Every single one. That's outstanding. Uh, uh, Bill, did you see the story about the woke Santa Claus in Illinois who the kid asked for a Nerf gun. The kid asked for a Nerf gun from Santa. And Santa goes, nope, no guns, no guns. And the, and the mom was like, no, he means a Nerf gun. And Santa Claus in Illinois goes, no, no, no guns at all. The poor kid ended up crying. The Santa did ended up resigning. But do we really need woke Santa in our lives? I mean, not even the guy in the red suit can put politics and stuff aside these days.
1: I'll tell you what, that Santa Claus should be kicked right in his nuts. Okay, that is unacceptable. If the kid went up there and says, "I want to, I want to," uh, a nuclear bomb for Christmas, he's absolutely. Once we're gonna make sure my my elves are on it right now. Just say, just, just be t- yes, absolutely. We'll see what we can do.
0: Yeah, Bill. I think you would make a great Santa Claus. I'm not make. I'm not saying you would need extra padding. I'm not saying you're a heavy guy. I'm a heavy guy. Like I think you got the the white uh, goatee going. I think we could make a nice Santa Claus out of you. What do you think?
1: Um, that would be probably a no go, due to the fact that, uh, um, I would only request girls eighteen and over to sit on my lap. <laughs>
0: I had no idea where you'd go with that, but yeah, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I could, I could see you as, uh, you know, Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton. I could oh, see absolutely.
1: You. I could one see of the greatest, walking. one of the greatest all-time Christmas movies ever.
0: Oh, really? Bad Santa.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh,
0: I will say for those,
1: uh, <laughs> see, kid. Hey, kid, watch the balls, will you? <laughs> love that. Love that. 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 That's know. a Bill
0: Barnes type of Christmas movie. That me. is
1: an outstanding, outstanding christmas and i don't really think billy bob thornton had to act all that much to play that part
0: i don't either I don't, they just put a red suit on him really and had him uh yeah spill out of his call, car with all the beer bottles and liquor yeah. bottles uh yeah definitely not a movie for uh the kids listening out there or no. uh, <laughs> parental. Yeah, if
1: kids are and here's the deal: if kids are listening to this show their parents should have the shit kicked out of them for <laughs> allowing them to, to be ever you know to listen to this okay so don't even say the kids out there because let's just hope to God, there are none listening to this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There shouldn't be Hey, you know, explicit content, uh, listener discretion, always advised and definitely viewers discretion advised for that bad Santa movie. Uh, Bill, Bill, I mentioned last week about a podcast I had heard that I think you would really find interesting. Uh, it's called whistleblower. They're 30 minute episodes. You got to listen to the first, you got to listen to them in order. Um, it's basically a breakdown of the NBA betting scandal from 20, uh, 2007 uh, about the NBA referee, Tim Donahue. I'll say this. There's way more to the story than I knew or thought I knew. Um, it takes you really in the inside of professional sports, uh, what referees, what officials' lives are like, You know, uh, which is something you and I could find interesting. Uh, it was really well done. Uh again I don't know how much of it is 100% truth but it was interesting. So I got to tell you give it a listen. About it's, it's
1: okay, it's Whistleblower.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's
1: on it just just Google, just Google go podcast. to go to podcast and go Whistleblower and it'll come up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they who, who's the
1: who's the moderator on this?
0: Uh his name is Tim Livingston. He's a sports writer. He's been trying to do this for about 8 years. Uh you may or may not like him. Um Tim Donahue is on there. I mean they they interview guys from the mob they 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 kind of point the finger at the nba at the end at the end of it all basically they they're saying that donahue was like the fall guy for this thing
1: i'm i'm sure he was
0: and that there were more guys involved allegedly i'm sure he was so sure. uh,
1: let, me, let me let me let's go back do you remember do you remember the super bowl <clears throat> when I believe Green Bay came back and beat Seattle. Seattle, Green Bay.
0: Yes, I do, and as, okay. I'm sure everyone in Seattle remembers this game. Okay,
1: do you remember some of the phantom holes that were called? No. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now I'm not going to mention names. Okay, but anybody that has a that has a a, a a Google in front of them can figure it out. Okay, I will say this: the referee in that game, two years later, was at a clinic that I went to. All right. And he went to, and this clinic was in Reno and it was unbelievable. The amount of money that this referee who on his own time, not during the season, he could do whatever the fuck he wants, went and played and gambled and won. The money was incredible, incredible. Now I'm not the only one in the history of, of of the world that has made the correlation between him and his gambling, and him to those phantom holding calls that somehow, somehow made the point spread go in one's favor. And I'll leave it at that.
0: Well, I will tell you, from what you just said, you will love the Whistleblower podcast. You will be blown away. Have you, have you heard that same? Have you heard the same scuttlebutt of what I just said? I have heard that uh, those allegations, those uh, little nuggets, we'll say. Uh, and yes, I do remember that Super Bowl well, and I know everyone in the state of Washington um, uh, uh, you know definitely remembers that. Um, and you also also <clears throat> this particular
1: official was a former policeman and fireman.
0: Really, okay, I did know that And he was yes, yes, okay. I did know that. And I will say out. this
1: during my time at this clinic. He could not give two shits about instructing anything. He was there to go after the hours and get hit the Reno Strip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I know! I know, t- I know that that uh, that um, um, the coach at the, of the Seattle uh, Mike Holmgren, uh, Mike Holmgren, is not a fan of his.
0: At no. all. No 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 not at all to this day no to no to this
1: day he didn't now, hear- am i am i at all insinuating that this particular referee had any 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 interest in this no i'm not it could be complete 100% uh, you know just coincidence but it's it is what it is and i'm glad i'm not the only one that has theorized this it's i, I know that i'm just repeating what i've heard and what i saw and what I laid witness to.
0: Well, it's funny, Bill, because, you know, I'm always going to defend officials. I hate conspiracy theories. I hate fans. The, you know, they are fanatics. Uh, but sometimes you do raise an eyebrow or two. Like, wait a minute. That's kind of a smoking gun, gun situation there. It goes to show just how um, how much we are criticized as sports officials. And I say we, I know you and I aren't working anymore, but we have a lot of experience in it. And no matter the level everyone every game you work somebody thinks just cuz you wear a referee shirt or an umpire uniform that you know you're not impartial i mean i'm sure you've experienced that at all levels you've worked in in your various sports just people think because you're a referee that maybe you're on the take or something no i mean here's the thing i always
1: i always took officiating as i was the third third team member out there and i always wanted my team to win i always wanted to make the right calls no matter how close I was. I mean, I'll say this. I had friends and I still have friends and I'm more friendly with them now, obviously, because I'm out of the game. I had friends that were coaches. I had very good friends that were coaches, guys that I grew, grew up with guys that coached me in school, you know, and, but, but when, 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 you know, the first pitch was thrown, it was all business. Oh yeah! Because I wanted to beat them with my good calls. Yeah, I wanted to. I didn't want anybody to say at the end of the day, "Hey, that fucking Barnes kicked that call at second on purpose because his buddy Dennis Rogers is is the coach at you know RCC." I didn't want that. I wanted, you know, that I wanted to be better than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I think
1: ninety nine point nine 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 percent of of umpires referees officials are have the same theory I do they want to be good at their craft they want to be the best and mm-hmm. if their best is is uh you know having their friend not win well so be it because if if, if I'm the manager in the other dugout and you're my friend I still want to beat you anyway so why not as an official mm-hmm. yes we're supposed to be impartial absolutely but being impartial means that we are correct in our calls
0: yeah. Oh, you have to be. You have to be. And, and you just want to leave no doubt. I hated, uh, you know, being questioned about uh, my integrity. And unfortunately, when the whole Tim Donahue thing broke out, that was in 07. That was right as I was starting uh, high school basketball officiating. So everybody, I mean, every, every comment in the stands, everything. I mean, it was always, oh, you know, referees are, are fixing games and stuff. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you guys are.
1: Well, you know, it ha- it would have to be really tough in basketball to fix a game. Baseball, football is about the easiest. That's about the best. That's the most, that's of all the major sports. That's the probably the easiest one to control.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree there. 100% I agree. Um, what's interesting about that podcast, The Whistleblower, is he doesn't talk about fixing it. He's like, his, his term he uses was influence. He yes. influenced the game uh, so that he could uh, put the point spread kind of at certain areas, and uh, man, Bill, he goes into that's a lot
1: of work, man. That's a lot of work. You got instead of just looking for fouls and out of bounds and travels and three seconds, now you got to look at the scoreboard. You got to look at the time. I mean, that's a lot of work.
0: Yeah. Well, if you can that's make a lot a... of
1: work, if I'm you... interested to see if <clears throat> if if they and I'm going to listen to it. If they allude to him having a partner or two that 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 may have helped him.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, Because I'm thinking that's about the only way one could perhaps have a major influence to that to that degree.
0: Kind of need a team effort. Well, I mean, yeah, they go in and talk about he doesn't give any names, but he's like, oh, yeah. He talks about the lifestyle of these guys, you know, life on the road, guys being alcoholics, guys um, showing up to games late guys, uh, in, in other troubles with marriages and stuff. It's like, oh man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I can see that. I mean, I mean, shit. We, I mean, yeah, I I've witnessed that firsthand with some of the guys I know and some of the guys I worked with <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and again, I'm sure as hell not going to mention names, but it's, and I, and I've been one to maybe show up uh, a few minutes late and, Perhaps uh, if I blew in the machine, in the machine, I might have been a couple notches above the, uh, of the, uh, under the influence meter. Okay. I mean, grand hell yes. You know, that's happened Christ. Um, I remember a weekend in Santa Barbara that I can't remember.
0: (laughs) So that was not with me, but I know who you were with. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: And um, let me tell you, you know, I, you know, I probably should have done it more because nobody bitched a word about my strike zone. I guess when you're, you know, half in the bag and hung over, you concentrate a little more and you get your shit right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, people don't understand, like, the stress level of a three-hour game like we're officiating it. Coaches have the stress level, but you umpire a three-hour baseball game or you referee a three-hour football game or, or basketball, whatever the case is, as soon as that game is over, you're done. It is such a load off. Some guys love to have a drink afterwards. Other guys, I don't know, they got to go to a movie or something or, or um, you know, eat Oreo cookies, whatever. Like guys, <laughs> guys some guys just decompress uh, in different ways. And yeah, there's nothing like that feeling of being done with the game and knowing, okay, I didn't screw anything up or you thinking back to even a few plays, trying not to, to dwell on it too much. Um, let, me, let me
1: tell you, let me tell you a quick story. This is a true story. Um, back in, I think it was like 1995, 94, maybe. Um, uh, Kenny Rogers pitched a perfect game for the Texas Rangers. Okay. The plate umpire was a guy named Eddie Bean. Ooh. He was a triple-A up-and-down guy. I think that was probably three or maybe one of the only plate jobs he ever had as a major league umpire. A guy named Eddie Bean. I believe it was July 27th, 1994, I believe, was the date. Um, you might want to Google it while we're talking here. And right. it just look up Kenny Rogers, perfect game. I think it was against the Angels, too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, Eddie Bean. And the reason I know this is, is uh, one, of the, one of the guys on the crew who I know very well, told me this story where um, <laughs> the game was over, and uh, this particular umpire ran down and, and, and told Eddie, "Hey, man, hey, hey, just stay on the field a little bit, enjoy it, look around, see the elation. You're part of it. This is history. He wanted no part of it. He was in, down the runway, into the locker room. By the time the rest of the crew hit the locker room, Eddie Bean had consumed three Coors Lights.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: He was on his fourth Coors Light by the time he actually got into the room. He hadn't taken off any of his shit. All of his shit was still on. But he, the first thing he did before he even unscrapped a shin guard or unbuttoned his shirt or took his hat off is he downed three Coors Lights.
0: Wow. That that's a stretch. He needed to take the edge off, man. After three hours of uh, being scrutinized, every detail. Yeah. Right.
1: Look up that. Look up that game, Matt, and 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 look at the other three umpires and see if you can guess who told me that story.
0: Okay. What What was it again? Who was the pitcher? Kenny Rogers. Just Kenny
1: Rogers. You know, Kenny Rogers, perfect game. I believe it was in July of I want to say 94, 95
0: Okay. Okay, all that narrows down the time frame for sure. Um, okay, July 28th, day after your July, birthday. I was a
1: day off. God, day. you know, yeah, put, a, put an arrow in my head. I was, a, I, was, I was a day off. What year, 95? No, 94. 94, okay.
0: Yeah, you were right. Um, trying to see if there's, okay, there's the, see the box score. Anyway, I can look it up another time because we're not going to mention it here on the air. As to, uh, you know, who was probably... No, no, no. Game. Just give me the crew. Give you the crew? Okay, let me yeah. see.
1: Eddie Eddie Bean was the plate umpire, correct?
0: Um, what would that be under? Baseball reference?
1: Go go uh, baseball... Ret- retro sheet.
0: Retro sheet.
1: Retro I believe.
0: Retro sheet. I thought we were going to have a call in here, Bill, uh, that we were potentially going to have somebody call in right now, but I guess they're a little occupied... Uh, Todd Carson said he had a message or a, a question for you just now. And I said, dude, call in, call in. I'm recording with Bill live. Call it so, in, Todd. Come on, Todd. Should we, get, voice. should we get, should we give him have a you call? The,
1: have, you, have you found the, uh, I haven't have yet. you go see. to games and then go to your 1994, Texas Rangers, July 28th. And you'll come up with the, uh, the, um, the, uh, Dead air, dead air, not good. Hey, how about those Dodgers?
0: I'm here, I'm here. Dead air, dead air. Yeah, you've already you've already recovered for us for a while. Okay, retrosheet.com, mm-hmm. uh, games, people, parks,
1: games. Go to games.
0: Games,
1: games, games. Big game, big game. July twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four.
0: Wow, this is. Uh, I have never seen this before.
1: There's a whole plethora of stuff you can find. You can go to. For instance, an obscure player by the name of, you could just just Google Tim Flannery, for example, who I wish a speedy recovery to. He's got some type of illness going, and he's a great guy. I met him several years ago. Uh, Timmy is battling uh, some type of staph infection. I wish him a speedy recovery. Again, you could Google Tim Flannery, and you could come up with every time he was ejected, how many hits he had in his career, et cetera, et cetera.
0: (laughs) No way. Yeah, wow! I found I uh, found your favorite web re- website, Bill. Yes, yes, or one of yes. them. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Okay, <laughs> uh, San Francisco, Bill. What are you doing the rest of the day? What are you doing in the days leading up to Christmas?
1: Um, well, you know, I got up a little early today. I'm I'm, I'm certain that there will be a nap involved today.
0: No, oh, of I, course. I,
1: I, I will. I will get naked and get under the sheets, <laughs> slide around by myself.
0: Oh boy! Well, I fi- I found the ump- umpires. On that note, on that okay. note. Okay. All right. Eddie Beaton has a plate umpire. Don Denkinger, first base. Yes. Okay. John Schulock, mm-hmm. and Tim Cheetah.
1: Yes. Yes. You are correct, sir. Okay. No, there are four. There are four. Um. We will, we will let the audience ponder, and we will um, – on the next episode, we will um, – I will disclose who told me that story. I'll Ooh. tell you right now, it wasn't Deckinger. I never met Don Deckinger. I did meet John Shulock, and I have met the, the, the great Tim Cheetah.
0: Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is outstanding.
1: Tim's a Facebook friend of mine. He's doing well down in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, doing uh, doing some things. And he's a bartender at a, at a popular place in, in St. Paul. And he's doing quite well.
0: Very cool, Bill. Well, hey, hey Bill, I happen to get a call from mm-hmm. a, a listener. Listening yes. live. No, not really, because we haven't put this out yet. But we're going to try something that we've never tried before. This could be very bad but okay. I'm going to try to get him on speaker so that you can hear him. And he has a question for you. The one and only okay. Todd Carson, Bill, Todd Carson on the air. Give me okay. a second here. Let me switch the thing. Todd, well, Why don't you me... shut up and let him talk. I'm trying. Hey, hey, right, listen, Bill. This, this is not easy. Okay. This is not easy stuff. Okay. Todd, I don't know if you're going to hear Bill or not, but I'm going to put you on speaker. Hang on one second here. Okay. Todd Carson, can you hear me? You're on the air. I can hear you, yeah. Hey, Bill. Coach, how are you? Hang on. Messed it up already. One more time. Why does everyone yell at me all the time? This this is gonna go go down as great. uh,
1: Yeah, this is the first time in radio history we've had three people talking at the same time.
0: Yeah, we'll turn this on. You're real.
1: You're yeah. You're a real history breaker here.
0: Stop it, Bill Barnes. You're the worst. Okay, one second, fellas. Okay, this is ridiculous. Okay, can we Bill, get, can we
1: get the? You you flunked audio visual in school, did you? Didn't you?
0: I sure did. Okay. Uh, all right, Todd Carson, <laughs> you're on the air with Bill Barnes. Go right ahead.
2: Hey, Bill. So glad you're back from your uh, COVID, and uh, I'm gl- I'm so glad that. Uh, you're back on the show every Wednesday. Love to hear from you. I had a, I had a question with that I thought you were you're probably the only ones who, who could answer this. Uh, I was doing some research about uh, you know viruses before the pandemic and how we dealt with them, and it seemed like it was uh, you know mainly surface to surface, and that's how you catch it. You you touch something with a virus on it, and then it would uh, you touch your face or something, and you'd get it. Um, So I was wondering what you thought about, would you trade a glove mandate for a mask mandate? And I know the answer, but I'd like to hear how you would answer that question.
1: Great question, Coach. Really good question. Um, I would probably, um, number one, I, I... Boy, that's that's an outstanding question. When you say mandate, I kind of, um, you know, I, I get a little queasy about mandating people to do such things. However, um, I'm, I don't like people that sit on the fence, okay? If you're going to mandate the mask, mandate the gloves, okay? I, I'm all for that. However, I think it's a. I see people wearing gloves, and I think, wow, that's taking it to the next level. But you know what? Um, if they feel comfortable and safe doing that, all more power to them. And you're absolutely right. I think you're going to get more uh, chance of catching the virus, touching something, and then touching your face. I absolutely agree with that. That is probably how I got it, because I don't let people get in my in my in my space. Okay. I'm not, I don't let close talkers get close. You know, I, I keep them at a distance. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we were going to do this, Todd, I think we should have done this at the very beginning. We should have mandated masks and gloves and body suits maybe back in March. And we might have been, you know, we might be in a lot better situation than we are right now as far as, this third wave, which is uh, by far the worst. Uh, so I agree partially with you that if we are going to mandate a mask, then let's mandate a glove. I, I do agree with you on that. However, I think it's we're, I think the, the, um, the, uh, uh, you know the horses are out of the barn right now and it's too late to mandate anything. We just kind of have to play through it right now and let the, um, the vaccine take hold. But, like I say, if this was last March and we had these great ideas, I think by all means we, we should have done it then. Does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was somewhat tongue in cheek, but I remember you saying, uh, you know, if we're going to shut down, let's really shut down. I, I was talking to my brother, and he said New, New Zealand actually did that. They, they shut down for like two months completely, and now they're their society is kind of virus-free. Of course, they don't let anybody in, you know, their, their country. Um, but the other thing I was talking to, uh, my friend Scott Moore, who uh, works at uh, Constitutional Rights Foundation. No. Well, some, some for the government. And he was saying uh, there was a case that came out that uh, a, a judge um, did, would not enforce the um, The law if someone decided to stay open because, uh, like, the health department has no authority to um, decide on on this particular COVID 19 matter. And he kind of implied that if you just stayed open and and defied Newsom, uh, there's really nothing that the government can do about it. Have you heard of such things?
1: Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen restaurants stay open. I've seen You know, places stay open and um, you're going to get a fine and that's it. And, you know, the only way you're going to have any teeth in a stay at home order is if you make it a misdemeanor or even a felony to where you go to jail. And that's the only way you're going to have any teeth in this. You know, a lot of a lot of times I'm out past 10 o'clock at night and there's this so-called curfew. Uh, (laughs) Trust me. That is not being enforced. That is just by word only, and um, you know, and the stay-at-home order. Nobody's staying home. You drive. You drive at rush hour. It's just like it was back before this thing hit. Um, it, it, these politicians are issuing these orders just to hear themselves talk and just to say, "Hey, I'm trying to do something," and only and and some of these good people that are shutting down their restaurants. Um, if everybody stayed open and everybody was united, we wouldn't have this problem.
0: Todd, what you, what did you ask uh, in the middle of that? Well, I
2: was just saying, you know, uh, if that's the case, you know, like you're saying, Bill, we restaurant owners should know that information and just just stay open. If you gotta, if you gotta, you know, do it to survive, you know, stay open. And uh, I think you mentioned like the mass was just so that the government can say we're doing what we can when really it's it's not a mask issue, really, unless you people go around sneezing on each other or other things. But if everybody washes their hands, uh, we'd be a lot better off. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just saying why, you know, let's as Californians kind of band together and say, you know, we're just going to, we're not going to stand for it. Let's, we're going to stay open. And uh, it would seem like if that word got out, I was uh talking to a guy from Arizona and that's what, that's what he was saying. He's saying, Yeah, we just our business is to stay open because they can't they can't enforce it. So um
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Todd. There's not enough guys in uh lab coats with uh clipboards that can walk around and uh, shut shut restaurants down. They just don't have that. The health department doesn't have enough people, they would throw their hands up and say, Okay, we give. Uh, we, we don't have the resources to do anything. This has become a, a, law, a law enforcement matter now, and trust me, the cops aren't going to do it. So, if if there was a revolution of, with, with restaurant owners and they all stayed open, they'd be open. And, and Gavin would have to go and stand in the corner and just eat it.
0: <laughs> Sound like you got a lot going on back there, Todd, in the uh, in the house.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got the kids here. Um... Anyways, I appreciate it, Bill. Appreciate you and, and Matt doing this. And uh, maybe we've done a little, a small, our small part in uh, trying to restore some sanity back here in California.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely agree 100%. Todd, Merry Christmas to you and your kids and your family. Thanks for taking the time to call in. Really appreciate it. Uh, even though Matt didn't know what the hell he was doing trying to get you <laughs> dialed in, he finally did. But I really appreciate you, you know, you loyal listeners like yourself. Todd, for listening, and once again, Merry Christmas.
2: Merry Christmas to you, and uh, just wanted to let you know how much I appreciated you uh, a couple summers back when you got me some baseball games when I uh, needed some money, and uh, I just really appreciate that opportunity, and I don't think I did too bad, hopefully.
1: <laughs> well, trust me, I, I needed you more than you needed me, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was a two-way street, my friend. Thank you
0: up for good work and Merry Christmas you got it take care Todd Merry Christmas Bye. man another first for the get home safe podcast Bill you got me feeling okay you got me feeling like Adam Carolla up here juggling different guests and everything call it I mean come on this is not easy work over here
1: well you know um if you're gonna host this show and and have the potential of massive call-ins and and treat it like talk radio you better by God get prepared and 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 Go back to the book where it says how to um, entertain call-ins and 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 do this right. Okay.
0: Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I, you know,
1: I, I might. I, you know, I'm going to work now that I know this thing. We can have call-ins at a certain time. I am I am going to extend an invitation to the great Jerry Aldini next week. Okay. Because I know he'll be off. I'm going to say, hey, at this time, I want you to call Matt's cell phone or my or well, your cell phone. Yeah, mine. And I want you to glue him in. And if we, get get, if we can get Aldini on the show, uh, the ratings will skyrocket.
0: Oh, skyrocket for sure. And it doesn't have to be a long conversation like you and I have. I mean, Todd, Todd was on for 10 minutes. Bring Jerry on for 10 minutes. He'll probably uh, won't have as much time for us, and he'll have to get to whatever he's doing. Uh, but, yeah, that would and, be
1: great. This, this can open up all kinds of possibilities for people that we want to have you know, on the show we give them a time and a date and they just simply make a phone call. Yeah. They don't have to query in all this Zoom shit that I have to do <laughs> week in and week out. Well make, most, it very, make it very simple for our guests.
0: No, I, I hear you. And most people know how to run a Zoom. I found out I'm you and me are actually the last people who who know how to do this stuff. But uh, yeah, if they can't zoom, hey, call in and, and we'll we'll make it work. We just did with a speaker phone and uh, I hope it came out okay. You could hear Todd all right?
1: I could hear him fine, absolutely.
0: Okay. Okay, well, look at us, technology wizards. So, yeah. well, Bill Barnes, what a great way to end. Yeah, hey, that's your homework. Get some people to be like, hey, just call in for five or 10 minutes and maybe we can have a few different uh, people. Yeah, that'd
1: be great. That'd be great. We'll do
0: it. Next Tuesday, probably a morning. now that I know the
1: technology exists and it's possible to do it, we'll do it. (laughs) I love it. I've got, I'm going to get, I'm going to call my friend, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, my buddy Clint Eastwood. Uh, I'm going to give him a call. Uh, (laughs) Perhaps my old pal Joe Namath, if he's not doing anything, he can call in. Broadway Joe. We'll see what we can do.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And if they if they want to just join the Zoom, that's with the younger guys. Coach Tarico, Kevin Scarpio. I still want to get those guys on the Zoom because guys can join the Zoom for five or ten minutes and leave. And sure. you actually see their faces and stuff. So I'm going to see if we could throw something together and maybe we record on a Sunday sometime too. When, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Perfect. You know, me, I have no life. I'm here, you know, all the time, you know, I can make it work.
0: <laughs> Perfect, Bill. Well, thanks for joining us, Bill. It was a lot of fun. Hey, Merry Christmas. I know you're uh, not the biggest fan, but hey, uh, it's uh, it comes every year and uh, we do have a lot to be thankful for. Uh,
1: Merry Christmas to everybody, to you, Matt. To our listeners, to everybody out there, Merry Christmas.
0: All right. I love it. All right, Bill. Well, have a good one. Raise an extra Jack Daniels. And hey, have that extra Oreo cookie. You deserve it. I already ate a whole
1: bag today. Sorry.
0: (laughs) All right. We'll save it for uh, Christmas Day. Take care, Bill. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Well, Bill Barnes on Wednesdays. Is there a better way to head into Christmas than listening to Bill? I think not. Thank you for joining us, Bill Barnes. Always a pleasure, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, you and your family. Uh, Raise an extra glass and uh, cheers, my friend. We're going to see this 2020 year behind us soon enough. I wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas, Bill. Thanks for joining us and looking forward to chatting with you next week. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. But a few things to say. Uh, First off, I know I talk to you guys a lot about – sending in voice messages, right, or emails or whatever, and I'm going to say, you know, the options and the ways to do that here in a second, but I encourage you, I would really love to hear from you guys at Christmas time, sometime before Christmas Eve night, right, I'm going to try to record, get an episode out at some point, Um, probably, I will probably record on Christmas Eve. So if you hear this podcast today, if you have five minutes, two minutes, whatever, if you can send in a voice message or even send in an email, just something short, it doesn't have to be anything lengthy, but I would love to hear from you guys on some of the things that you love about Christmas. Maybe some of the little traditions that you have, whether you open up a present at midnight on Christmas Eve, or if you have uh, milk and cookies Christmas morning, uh, whatever you do, you you guys barbecue, you have coffee, you have eggnog. I mean, whatever. I would love to hear from you guys about some of the great things you do on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, or whenever. Uh, I think it would be a great addition to our podcast, and I'd love to put out a few things that I hear from you guys on our Friday Christmas Day episode. I've already told you I do have Tracy McFate on the program. It's a long interview, but I think you guys probably aren't going to listen to it necessarily on Christmas Day. You may listen to it in the weekend, so it can be a little longer episode. And you know what? As we celebrate Christmas, I think uh, it's very fitting that the episode might be a little little longer. So uh, if you need to break up the podcast uh, on Friday, hey, by all means, do so. But I would love to hear from you guys. Really, seriously, send in uh, one sentence, uh, 10-second voice message, whatever, just telling me what your favorite thing about Christmas is, what are some of your traditions. I would love to share that with the audience on Friday, in addition to our interview with Tracy McFaith. And that will definitely be in the first segment, uh, the first 10 or 15 minutes of our podcast before we get into the lengthy interview with Tracy. So, uh, guys, I say it every episode, but uh, please reach out. I would love to hear some uh, Christmas traditions. Those are the things that that, uh, really make me happy. And if you're someone who struggles with uh, gift wrapping, hey. Uh, again join the club Admit, admitting your issues is uh, the first step and uh, you know I, I'm with you I'm with you out there guys uh, anyway there's guys there's plenty of ways to follow the get home safe podcast our Twitter handle is get home safe pod our Facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast and our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo. Dot com. We'd love to hear from you, just as I mentioned. So please send in those messages, send in those uh, emails whenever you get a chance. Guys, thanks for joining us today. It's been so much fun. I look forward to you guys tuning in on Friday or whenever you get to the Christmas Day special. It should be a lot of fun, and I hope you... Will, uh, will, you know, join us as far as, uh, again, sending in a message or a, a voice message, an email, whatever. It would be great to uh, hear from you, just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here at the Get Home Safe podcast. That'll do it for today's show, guys. Merry Christmas to all. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Finish the week strong. It's almost Christmas Day. I can't wait. I'm sure you're excited as well. But guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, Get home safe.